goes, Shiagora. Hey, thanks for the podcast. It is June 10th, 2020. Your host this week, myself, Lee and Reed. Hi. Hey. Hey. Uh, looks like the sun is coming out. We've had a few days of rain here. Perfect for staying inside and playing video games. What kind of video games did you play? Uh, I'm continuing to play Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh my god. As I played last weekend. Desperately trying to get that Dark Knight class. It requires you to master Black Mage, which it takes at Sorry, least... Sorry, let me just <laughs> open this energy yeah. real quick. Which almost takes 10,000 JP, which is a son of a bitch. Because um, I never got, I played Tactics once a year, but I've never gotten the Dark Knight. So I'm like, fuck it. This What's time. What's interesting about the Dark Knight class is uh, not only is the class based around like masochism, uh, hurting yourself to do damage, not right? in tactics, not in tactics, but uh, like Soul Eater uh, things like that are, are, are darkness in FF4, yeah, yeah. darkness, edgy. <laughs> uh, in like Final Fantasy XI, the MMO, uh, you only get the six main Final Fantasy classes, and then you have to unlock the other jobs. And there's a quest associated with that. Uh, and what was interesting is the Dark Knight quest is literally you go to this really dangerous area and a guy hands you a greatsword and then you have to kill a hundred uh, mobs with it. Except the greatsword sucks. It does like no damage. You have to go to like a basically a newbie area uh, and then use this sword that takes forever to attack with to eventually have enough. And the best part is, is the game doesn't tell you when you hit a hundred mobs. You have to count them yourself. Mm. So if you say hit 97 and then go to complete the quest, it just won't trigger Man, remember MMOs? Old MMOs? And I was just like a little cryptic. Uh, Dark Knight, however, was the first job I ever took to Endgame in uh, Final Fantasy XI. So, um, well, I'm very familiar with the, the plight of the Dark Knight. Uh, so, yeah, I have I have Master Knight now. I have Master Black Mage. I got level 8 Geomaster still. I still need to get a few level 8 jobs. Can Dark Knights use Black Magic in Tactics? I don't know if I've ever had a Dark Knight in, anybody, in Tactics. Anybody can use Lee, Black Magic. You can Lee, just equip it. Lee, anybody yeah. can use Black Magic. Oh my god. Final <laughs> Fantasy Tactics. Um, Do you uh, just equip a bi- uh, like a secondary secondary abilities? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I could give you a whole. Fucking, I guess it's been a while since I played Tactics. Yes, I could give yeah. you a whole fucking rundown, including like uh, zodiac signs and their compatibility. That's okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, so yes, uh, yeah, getting up to the Dark Knight with Ramza. How the fuck did they never make a second Final Fantasy Tactics? They did. Tactics no, that's not the same. It's a spinoff. Whatever. And as much as I love those games, don't make a second one. It's fine. It's fine. No, but it's like fine, mo- but more like. With all those, with all the shit you're talking about, all those systems that are already in place, all you would have to do is tell another story. Listen, go online, download the ISO, and get a hack called Final Fantasy Tactics 1.3, which gives it a new storyline. Oh. Uh, it's a, it's a it's a sequel to the original, and it's actually very well done. It gives completely new jobs. It revamps all the jobs completely. It rebalances everything in the game. Uh, it's very difficult. Probably one of the most difficult games I've ever played in my life. Um, wow. Yes, like like they made odds actually mean something. So if you go to the side of uh, side of someone, you don't automatically get a hundred percent chance to hit yeah. anymore. Were you aware? Uh, speaking of difficulty, when Final Fantasy two, which was Final Fantasy four, <laughs> keeps you just keep segueing uh, me away up. from my fucking point here. <laughs> uh, that they they altered the difficulty to be much easier in North America. It wasn't until the Game Boy Advance release of Final Fantasy four that they re re. Put the difficulty. So if you play Super Nintendo Final Fantasy 2, you're playing like the baby version. Like Final Fantasy 4. Uh, yes. Yeah. Which would be Final Fantasy 4. Yeah, good yeah. for that game. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, working down, almost got the arithmetician. Yes. Arithmetician? Arithmetician? Yeah, done for one of my guys. Um, and then still working towards that mime. I just, I keep forgetting how fucking amazing this game is and how different and unique it is in that time period compared to other Final Fantasies at the time. There's very little humor, almost none of it. No, oh, it takes itself very seriously. Yeah, it's yeah. very serious. Um, it's, like like I said before, it's a political-driven plot with conspiracy. Um, but at the core of it, it's actually about two characters, which is Ramza and Delita, and two characters who have two goals that accomplish said goals, but it comes at great cost to another thing. I feel like Final Fantasy twelve. In its setup, and if you looked at the plot it's of it, trying to do tactics. except they decided to add the the Vaughn character and and, and no, make it that's literally le- the, add the levity, that's, right? No, and that's yeah. the reason is when they were making twelve, they're just like, holy fuck, no one can relate to this Bosch character. Yeah, he's too badass. And that no, uh, no, it's not that he's too badass. It is a it is a I don't want to say a common complaint, but it is a common it is a common point pointed out about these Evilist games is that since they are made in such a 
uh, high language and high speech, and it's very medieval, and it's all this stuff. The characters are very unrelatable. Yeah. And the common, uh, what I've always heard about 12 is that during development, they're just like, holy shit, you can't relate to any of these characters. They're all so, like, wild. Like, we need some character for these players to identify with, so they insert Vaughn. Anyway, getting back to tactics. Um, it's The game's really about these two characters, Rams and Delita, which I... And it's weird how, as a kid, all this shit goes over your head and you don't really care. And then as an adult, you you take a game you love and you even appreciate it further. Um, there's like there's this great scene with Delita and Ramza when, uh, in the first chapter as they're going to try to rescue Delita's sister. And Delita is basically saying, like... like the, the, <laughs> I could go into a whole tangent about the themes and plot of the entire game, but... Uh, it's a wonderful scene of Delita realizing his lot in life and what he must do to accomplish his goals in a really realistic manner. And without exploring anything, um, Ramza defends others no matter what, even at the cost of himself, and that ultimately costs him and his friends his lives. Whereas Delita is going to unite Ivelisse and rule a kingdom, even if he must use, manipulate, and kill others as, he's, as he was before. Thus, he became what he always hated. And this is encapsulated by the final line of the game, where, first of all, Delita's wife fucking stabs him, because she's like, God damn it, you son of a bitch, you used me, just like you used everybody else, and you used me. <laughs> so Delita kills her, yeah. and then he just looks up in the sky and goes, what did you get, Ramza? And you're like, fuck, that is a great ending to that game. Um, it's a character that very much reminds me of Judge Gabranth from Final Fantasy XII, another ashamed character who thinks they're doing the best they possibly can with the cards they've dealt with, but they're constantly in struggle with the past and who they've become. And I think Delita and, and Gabranth, while not necessarily calling them villains, but definitely the anti-heroes of those particular games are... Sure. I would say t- strongest characters in Final Fantasy b- besides, like, you know, the core ones you would obviously think of. For sure. Like a cloud or something. Um yeah, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but absolutely fucking love tactics. I love Delita as a character. Um, I think War Lines does him a lot more justice than the original did, especially the translation. And yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Uh, in Yakuza, have you actually played any of the Yakuza games? I've tried to play Yakuza Zero. It's uh, just not my thing, personally. Kiryu's uh, basically adoptive brother. So like his the guy he grew up with in yeah. the orphanage, uh, Nishiki, is also... That character who is like he the ends justify the means like is ultimately all these guys are are in the mafia yeah uh, and Kiryu has killed and maimed hundreds of people but with a sense of good uh, and and a sense of organized crime can exist without like without that but it's impossible there's yeah. always going to be bloodshed there's always going to be people who are it's power unavoidable. hungry it's always it's, it's unavoidable. unavoidable and uh, Nishiki is basically the the tragic story of. The, the innocent, the, the person Kiryu's kind of protecting this whole time, but he can't protect him from uh, getting in trouble. So that's a, that's like a Japanese game archetype, I think. And it's, it's, it, it's way, I can't think of a lot of Western examples of no, it. No, but it's way different than that at the same time, though. Because it's, it's not like Delita was grown up in this shitty environment. But, but there's always a point of no return. Yeah. There's a point in the story where you're like, oh, this character is now ticked. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. completely changed yeah. and he'll never go back now. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's a very Shakespearean thing in general to have sure. a very tragic character who starts out as good, ends up bad, but for a particular reason. Are you familiar with Shakespeare? I am familiar. I was with talking about Hamlet with my wife yesterday. I don't know how this came up. <laughs> Uncultured uh, swan. But I was saying like Hamlet, you know, very tragic ending, but I feel that endings are less tragic when everyone dies. <laughs> it's like yeah. all parties are gone. Yes, and yeah. that's another thing you could say about tactics is that Delito lives after that after Ram dies live what he's and done. his wife yeah. dies and he has to live with everything that he's done to get to this point. Yeah. You, and you don't know if he's satisfied with it or not. He did accomplish his goals, but like I said before, it's at great cost um, to everything. Uh, he became what he fucking hated. Wow. Wow. Let's completely change. Uh, what did you play, Lee? I played a game called Metopia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, do you remember, you know Tomodachi Life, you're familiar with what it is? Uh, so Tomodachi Life was like peak Nintendo weirdness on the 3DS. Uh, you basically have like a house on an island that has different like resorts and stuff. 
And the whole point of the game is that uh, there's, like, a text-to-speech thing where they talk like this. Or you can, like, pitch their voices and stuff. And then you put whatever characters you want. Of course, me's. People were making me's of celebrities themselves. Uh, things. You put these characters in this house together. And you just basically kind of sit back and watch their interactions. You keep them fed. You dress them. You decorate their room. But really, the fun of the game comes from putting different characters in a scenario. And it is kind of a make-your-own-fun game. So, obviously, I have wrestlers, myself, people I know, characters, OCs. That I've made just for this game. Uh, and they would go get into the house together and they'd interact. And it'd be fucking hilarious. Because the event... the So they can like fall in love. And uh, one of the big uh, aspects of the game is like they, they have like love triangles and stuff. But they're like little me's that are talking like this constantly to each other. I love you. No, wait. I love you too. Uh, and I get a big kick out of it. And I put hundreds of hours into Tomodachi wow. Life. It was basically like it's Animal Crossing without the things you do in Animal Crossing. It's just the character interactions. Mm. So I loved it. Strangely enough, Nintendo saw fit to follow that game up with a game called Metopia, uh, which is a and d esque uh, RPG. D&D. Yeah, you uh, you you have your Miis. Uh, the game actually accesses your save data from Tomodachi Life, so I have all my Miis there from years ago. I'm like, this is excellent. Uh, so I import my character and choose your class. And uh, the, the game kind of plays out the same way. It's got the same quirky sense of comedy. Uh, you basically assign all the roles in the game. So everyone in a town, the bad guy, the people you meet along the way, you can actually cast all these people as if it's a play. And be like, I want this guy to be, I want my buddy to be the bad guy. Or in my case, Reggie is the bad guy in the game. And he's stealing people's faces. Uh, so all the enemies you encounter are just like these goblins and like fucking weird enemies that have like me faces, like human faces on them. Super weird! Uh, the game is very simple. It's more about uh, like all of your other party members auto attack. Which can we talk about something in RPGs when you only have control of your main character? It's fucking bullshit. There's no game that I will not call bullshit for doing this. Think of one: Final Fantasy Thirteen, uh, etc. Anyway, yeah, um, I was trying to think of one, but nothing uh, comes up. So there's still a relationship aspect to this game. Uh, the point, the the reason why the game is so much fun is still that quirky writing and the interactions between the characters. If you get a status effect, for example, there's a safe place you can go to on the battlefield. So you like drag and drop your character and they all huddle around and like, hey, you, you take a break. And then they go back to fighting and then the status effects themselves are hilarious because it'll be like, can't stop laughing. Crying uncontrollably. Uh, you get weapons and stuff in the game. One of the job classes is called a pop star. So naturally, I'm like, well, I'm going to choose. I always choose the weird class in a game because warriors, thieves, mages, listen, I've seen it all. Uh, so this game is really fun. I got Mr. Bean in my party. He's a chef wearing a, a pink outfit. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. I downloaded this game when it came out like three fucking years ago and never touched it. Uh, so I'm glad to finally have, have charged up my, my 2DS, my new 2DS XL. And uh, play a little of Metopia, which I highly recommend to anyone who enjoyed Tomodachi Life or Animal Crossing or likes peak Nintendo weirdness. Because I think the Miis have gone. I think they're they've the sun has set on Nintendo right. and their Miis. Uh, so R.I.P. to them. Uh, Animal Crossing, playing a ton of that. Bought Mona Lisa. Uh, the idea, as you, as you do, yeah. <laughs> the idea of a fox uh, wrapping the Mona Lisa and then stuffing it in my mailbox for me just makes me laugh. Um, other than that. New Vegas, definitely got a few hours in with New Vegas, uh, and then, you know, kind of playing this and that. Nothing new outside of Metopia. I did have some plans to... Oh, shit. I downloaded Skyrim Special Edition on Xbox One X because it was on sale. Okay. Because you should have Skyrim on everything. Everything. Uh, if, if, if it's available, get Skyrim. Uh, so I fired it up, and I'm like, uh, wife, here, make me a character and give me a backstory. She did the former, not the latter. Uh, I prefer anyone to in Skyrim to be like, this is your character. This is the kind of stuff they're going to use, and this is what, what they're about. Because at this point, I've made so many characters in Skyrim that... I've done everything. Yeah. Like, I know there's like I know there's a way to min-max and do anything in this game that you would want to, but how do you choose that at yeah. this point? Uh, so I fired it up, sprinted around uh, Skyrim for a bit, and I'm like, yep, it's Skyrim. Uh, as far as console Skyrim goes, that's the best-looking version, the Xbox One X version. Uh, even better than the the PS4 Pro, in my opinion. Oh! Having spent time with both, uh, but that's kind of no. The, the Xbox One X is currently the most powerful console. It's going to make things look the best that they can. It's just how it is. Anyway, Xbox for life. Speaking of video games, PlayStation Five. Uh, the reveal was moved from last Thursday to tomorrow. Oh. Uh, <laughs> are they going to right? Are they going to show off like what it looks like? Are they uh, so off? I'm expecting them to show what the box looks like. Yes, they've shown the controller, of course, but I'm expecting them to show what the box looks like. 
When I say the box, I mean the console. Yeah, I'm not uh, super crazy about the whole white, black, and blue. I mean, it looks like, uh, yeah. I don't is, like uh, it. It's, it's too much. It's yeah. too... Like, what the fuck was... Everybody, everybody liked the PS4, PS3, PS2 I'm, I'm very minimalist. Uh, yeah. When it, My favorite controllers are the most simple ones. Uh, so, like, when Xbox started doing the monochromatic buttons... So, like, the sticks are gray, the buttons are gray, the, everything's gray, perfect, awesome, great. Yeah. Uh, I like that stuff. Uh, and then purple, of course. I own multiple purple controls. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, not a fan of this multicolored scheme. I'm kind of waiting to see what else there, there, they, there is. It just looks kind of cumbersome at this point. Uh, until you get... Here's the thing about a controller. You're not staring at it while you're playing. It's all about hand feel. Uh, and I know that no, controllers... No, but, con- but the console's yeah. bright white. I, f- I don't like white console. So, like, if you if you play a PS4 uh, with a PS4 controller and then go, for some reason, to go pick up a PS3 controller, it feels like a fucking children's toy. Yeah. Uh, and then if you go further back and hold a PS2 controller, it just keeps going on down the line. Uh, PS2 so feels better than PS3 controller. <laughs> things just start feeling more expensive as time goes on, I think is what I'm trying to say in terms but of yeah, I I, uh, I love how the PS4 looks. I think it's a perfect design for a console. I don't think that's true at all, but it's just a black square. So that's, at a certain yeah, point, exactly. what can I complain that's about? That's what right? I like. I like black uh, squares. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, like the PS2 Slim. It's yeah, just like, like the, you made this thing that's basically like a book. Yeah. Perfect. Like the yeah. all digital Xbox one that's black. Mm-hmm. That it's literally just a fucking black square. Like, yeah. huge fan of that. I think that looks great. Yeah, so I think we're in agreement on that. And that if the controller looks like a fucking Stormtrooper uh, re- reject from a J.J. Abrams movie, uh, what will the console look like? Yeah, I don't want it to be all, like, curvy and shit. I'm not a fan of that. Or, or in fact, that shiny, glossy white. Yeah. Uh, which oh. I think would look awful on yeah. a video game console. Yeah, especially uh, uh, when most people, like, most people's furniture, TVs, everything is black now. Yes, uh, black goes with everything. Yeah. Uh, a shiny white console is, not... is is you can have it as a choice, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll we see. there's no, so uh, very unlikely that they reveal the price at this thing because I think they're waiting for Microsoft to go 700 first. Seven hundred dollars. Seven hundred US dollars. Um, I think from a specs point of view and what's in these consoles, uh, I think the PlayStation Five is a little more expensive, and I'm saying to make, not to buy. Uh, so I think they're going to wait for Microsoft to go. So they can safely set their price after that. And it's seven hundred one, uh, Bob. Well, because if PlayStation Five is like we're six ninety nine, and Xbox is like, oh fuck, we can sell ours for five ninety nine. We can beat them by a hundred dollars out of the gate. Of course, they would take that opportunity. So I think Sony's waiting, and then they have a difficult decision to make. Because if Xbox can go cheap, like the PS Five's got a solid state drive in it. If it's got a one terabyte solid state drive in it, like you can just imagine the price going up on it, right? So we'll we'll see. Uh, that's tomorrow, and they're going to be revealing some games uh, and some holiday season stuff as well. So there's there's a reason to be... Order 1855. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, how dare you? I would totally play another 1886 game. <laughs> uh, that was a game... There was like... At that time, people... I don't know what they were expecting from it. Like, it was during the peak of, uh, I guess, Uncharted and all games going open world. So when they released a narrow corridor shooter... That had uh, very. No, that wasn't peak open world. Peak open world was like 2018. Well, like two years ago? Yeah, I, I, I would. <laughs> yes, yes, honestly. I'm more talking about like that's transition. When, like, that's when, like, God of War, Horizon, Phantom Pain, I guess Phantom Pain was before that. All that shit was out. It was I would like, say that, it was when the Ubisoft thing was booming, like the Far Cry formula. Yeah. Where it's like, climb the tower. Yes, the, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I would say that that era has ended officially with Days Gone. <laughs> sure, but but we have a game coming out in eight days that is just going to be that again. What's and last that? Last of Us Two, it's open world. Well, as much as oh, I, as far as I know, it is. I don't know. Then why did you say that? Well, I'm assuming you can, it's open world. You can decide where you go and explore the environments, unless it's going to be like Uncharted and you you are narratively led to yeah, areas. Like last of Us One. Right, is we'll a, see. Is a linear. You tell me because I don't see myself playing that game next weekend. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, a linear like. I don't know what Last of Us 2 is because I don't know anything about it because I haven't looked up anything. But if it's anything like the first game, it'll be linear. If they do go open world, that's a bold decision, uh, in my opinion. It's a very... I don't think they... Depends on your definition of open world at this point. No, I don't think that... No, like... I think it's going to be very linear story during game, just like the first one. Look at because uh, you have a you have a very difficult time telling the sort of compelling story that is expected from Last of Us in an open world mm-hmm. environment. Oh yeah, Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's yeah. why God of War twenty eighteen they found like the 
I don't know how they did it, but they found the... Because, like, God of War 2018 would be considered an open-world game. Yes, but they they did it in such a way that it gave you the illusion of it right. being linear. Like, like the Batman games would also technically be open-world, but there's the gate. There's the idea of you need an item to, to proceed yeah, it's gaining like, your progress. Yeah, it's kind of like yeah. Batman. Like, yeah, I don't know how God of War 2018 exactly did it, but they did it in such a way that it gave you a linear game, but freedom to do what yes. you want at certain points. I would call that an open-world hybrid in that... The game is linear. Like you, obviously, later you can go to different places and do side quests and stuff like that. Especially when you get in the boat and stuff, and you're going around yeah. the lake, uh, where it really feels open world. But yes, you're right. Yeah, it, but it's it is... never it's never taking you 20 minutes to go across the map to do right. this one thing. And uh, when there is side quests to do, it's only two or three right. at a time. So I expect Last of Us Two to be that. I yeah. expect it to be linear, but then also at a certain point allow you to go to different areas and do different things. That's what I'm thinking. Like I don't backtrack. I'm, I'm not basing this on anything except what I think I've heard. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm uh, if we're just going predictions, I'm totally yeah. expecting Last of Us One, but more of it. Because like Uncharted Four uh screwed with that. They had an open they had an oh, area I, in never, Uncharted Four. I've never played Uncharted. I tried yeah. to play the first one when the Nathan Drake collection was free yeah. on PSN. Tried playing the first one and I'm sure it was great for the time, but it aged like fucking shit. Uh, Uncharted 2, I think, is would be my favorite one. Worth checking out. Uh, it's If you want a third-person cover-based shooter with some very light puzzle-solving, Uncharted is the game for you. The production values on them are, are absolutely fantastic. Uh, did you know that there's a supernatural element in every Uncharted game by the end of it? Have uh, you not? Yeah, it's, I heard it's yeah. Tomb Raider, so... Okay. Yeah, Sure. In Tomb Raider, eventually, though, Lara Croft was fighting Krakens and stuff. Like, okay, they, went, that's why, they went way... That's why they, <laughs> yeah. had to, that's why they had to fucking set it back with the 2016 one. They're yeah. like, Whoa. What if she just fought rapists instead? <laughs> no, uh, she stopped, like, a ghost thing at the end, remember? There was a ghost thing at the end. That's when she used two guns. Akimbo. Yeah, that's yeah. the first time she used <laughs> it. You're like, I clap. I clap. I clap when she used two guns. guns. I fucking... I can't anymore. It's like... The curtain's been pulled back on, like, fan service in such a way now that it's distracting. It's like, oh, of course she did that because she has to do that. Yeah, but then if you don't do it, then people are like, this isn't even Tomb Raider. Yeah. <laughs> um, I clapped when I saw the lightsaber. Th- this is a whole other discussion for another time where, we ha- like, how do you make something that's recognizable as that IP without doing anything that can be construed as cheap fan service? Uh, I, it's a very good question. Yeah, and... Once again, I point to God of War twenty. Unless your entire series is fan service, like say Devil May Cry five, yeah, where it's but, just like you know going into it. Yes, but that yeah. is a celebration of the series, and that's <laughs> uh, no, and that's unashamedly not for new players, right? Even though right. I was a new player going into it, I came into it with the expectation this isn't made this is for nuts. me. Yeah, like a guy that's never played Devil May Cry, this is for everybody that's loved any Devil May Cry, and this is going to be everything you ever wanted. Because if you go online and watch playthroughs, people lose their fucking mind in that game. Anyway, like I was saying, um, God of War 2018 is another great example of what we... Everything. What we were just discussing. A hybrid open world game. <laughs> no, right after that. Um, what, what, what are you... After that, what were we talk, talking about before you distracted me with the fucking... Allowing... Open world stuff, allowing you to go places later in the game. Uh, side quests. Oh, maybe you'll think of it. I'll, I'll just continue. What were we just talking about before? Uh, you can roll the tape back, but who has time? Uh, <laughs> Pokemon Sword and Shield will see their first expansion launch on June 17th. This will be the Isle of Armor. Reed, are you intending to, to check this out? I guess so. Oh, so you're in. Yeah, like... Yeah. I... Pokemon's another one of those games I usually check out once a year, um, especially when it comes to the battling stuff. Sometimes I'll just get a hankering for some battle, and I'll want to breed a few Pokemon, and I'll take them online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is more Pokemon for me to use. Um, by all accounts, I should sweep it in two seconds. Well, report back. That's going to be out uh, two days, or wait. <laughs> Years! <laughs> That's going to be out on uh, Wednesday next week. Okay. This time next week, so you can give us a, the scoop. You'll wake up early that day. Mm. Now I remember uh, God of War 2018 handles fan service in the perfect oh, way, yeah. which was it wasn't fan service. The blades. It was yeah. the it was plot of the game. It was yeah. character development. It was part of a character. So they didn't be like, eh, look at the blades of chaos. Right. <laughs> They're like, no, this is like Kratos is now forced to use this to save his son. He must uh, confront his past to Not save his future. Listen, 
Uh, all credit where credit's due to Corey Balrog, but not an original idea. I, I oh, I'm not I liken it that is. to like the old man Logan, not the movie Logan. The old man Logan, where the man has not popped his claws, and then eventually in the story when he does, yeah, oh, everything not, from then on yeah, out. I'm is, not saying yeah. that uh, this is original or new ideas. I'm saying yeah. that um, it's the most what a way example. to take an iconic thing about yeah. this and and it's exactly Logan make man it Logan. matter yeah. and make yeah. it matter. Yeah, and it's it's just the most recent and best example I can think of. It's a good example. Yeah. Uh, and then we can think of uh, the, the complete opposite, which would be Final Fantasy VII Remake. No. Uh, <laughs> no, but yes and <laughs> no. Where Sephiroth because shows that, up in the first because hour? it says Remake and you're, yeah, you're expecting it. No. The best, <laughs> the best opposite example would be Rogue One. Star Wars. Well, the that, entire that, fucking thing is The fan, entire thing is... Is fan service for yeah. the sake of fan service. It doesn't add anything to Star Wars at all. Right. Yeah. Because there's nothing to add. Uh, all right. Persona 4 Golden will apparently jump from the PS Vita... To the PC. Sure. Uh, so if you haven't played Persona 4... I feel like the people chance. that were going to play it have already played it. Um, well, there's an accessibility thing because ultimately, Persona 4, here are your options. PS2 or Vita. Yeah, and people that do have PC that are the kinds of players to be playing Persona, those kinds of players have probably played already through illegal means. Well, they probably have it on Vita. Because it's the best-selling Vita game. So yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it was free on Vita for a while. That's too. one killer app less for the Vita now. The Vita's still a great console. Yeah, but if you, haven't played, was... <laughs> if you haven't played Golden, you don't have a Vita, or you don't have an original PS2... Uh, this... Jump on it. Yeah, not the worst decision to make. It's a very good game. Uh, speaking of games we find ourselves coming back to, Bungie had a lot to say about Destiny 2 yesterday. Did you uh, no, listen to any of this? I, I, like, I gotta cut Destiny on my life. It's like an ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I uninstalled it because otherwise I would keep going back to play it. No, De- uh, Destiny is like that ex-girlfriend that like <laughs> you, you can spend like those two months. You're gonna be fucking great, but after that mark, you're just like, now I remember. Now same. I remember. I remember why. <laughs> uh, so they are at. They laid out the next like two years of content. Are they even releasing Destiny three? Uh, they had, so here's the thing with the game. It's very large and it's hard to maintain in its current state. Uh, what they're trying to say is to keep all those maps going, all those worlds, keep content running on all those worlds at all times. Uh, the game has it, it, it's it's unwieldy. They don't have Activision backing them up either. They're just Bungie now. Uh, so what they're actually going to do is they've introduced the idea of the Destiny Vault, not like the Disney Vault. They're actually going to take a bunch of planets, Mars, uh, Mercury, uh, which were featured in the first two expansions for Destiny 2. Uh, they're just going to put it in a vault. You won't be able to go to them anymore. They're just cycling them out. Uh, so over time, they're going to be like, okay, instead of having all those planets available, they're going to be like, okay, in this battle pass, we're going to have stuff that happens on Mars. Mars is back, but now this planet is gone. Uh, and kind of focusing their attention on what the players are doing week to week. That's very... On, but on top of adding new planets. Uh, so Europa, uh, which is the ice planet of Jupiter, I believe. Uh, and then the Cosmodrome will be back, as well as the Vault of Glass will be coming back. So their solution was, we'll take away the new stuff we've made, and we'll give you back the old stuff from Destiny I 1. I couldn't even fathom thinking about trying to go back into Destiny 2 right now. Uh, I mean, it, that's the best thing about Destiny, though, is that if you take a few months break and you go back, there's so much shit to do. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I fucking don't like that. And that's why I'll never go back, because it's too hard to keep up with everybody. So in 2020, we're going to get Beyond Light. They're adding a subclass that will be darkness-based. For you edgelords out there. Oh. Uh, Destiny 2 will get the Witch Queen in 2021. And then Destiny 2 Lightfall, uh, which has the pyramid. Beautiful. From no, no woman can kill me. I, I am I, no woman. I am no woman. And she stabs him in the face. Uh, there is... Uh, we're going to get to New Vegas here. There is... Uh, what was I going to say about, about Destiny? Uh, so, I made a new character for fun one time. And you play through the first mission of Destiny 1 in Destiny 2 now to introduce you to the game. Because it's free to play now. Uh, so they wanted like a, a, a whatever feature. Sure. And then you go through the first mission of Destiny 2, which is pacing a little weird. Uh, what I'm thinking they're building up to is it's that... just having Destiny. Yes. Yeah. Uh, is slowly putting all of the original Destiny content in here. Or at very least cycle, putting what they think is necessary in there. And then which having... Which is almost none of it. Which is almost none of it. Uh... <laughs> And then you can uh, you can have a product down the line that instead of just being Destiny three, it's just Destiny, and it's got their experience of Destiny all encompassing. And then it's an MMO. It's truly an MMO at that point. Yeah, the like uh, the only thing I see that could possibly bring me back is their next great big 
like overhaul DLC thing, and yeah. they're saying, oh, like all you need to do to start this game if you never played before is like you download it, you use this item, boom, your character is high enough level now, go do the thing. I mean, that's kind of what they yeah they do that with their big expansions. Uh, yeah, but but then they cycle out weapons, for example. So people are like, oh, you can't. It's like they can't rebalance. They got to add new weapons. They have to. They're going to move some of them up. They got it. This has been the case with Destiny for as long as it's existed. Anyways, let's talk about New Vegas. Sure. Last week, uh, we talked about finally getting to the strip. Uh, we talked about uh, confronting doc- uh, Dr. House, Mr. House, uh, and of course, maybe, spoilers, uh, accidentally stumbling upon the real Mr. House and uh, what what entails there. We didn't get really into his requests uh, and what happens next. Before we talk about that, however, like with all of our uh, long-form discussions of video games, we like to talk about different aspects of the game as we go. Today, we'd like to talk about the permanent companions in the game uh, and what we think of them. So, uh, like I mentioned last week, playing in hardcore mode, you don't get to really use companions outside of their quests, because keeping them alive is nearly impossible. Apparently there was a cancelled achievement uh, for hardcore mode that involved killing all the uh, companions on purpose, and it was called like General Custer, or something like that. You know, in good taste. Uh, so you have, you have the following companions, you have Arcade Israel Ganon. Uh, who's a member of the Followers of Apocalypse. You find him in the Old Mormon Fort. You have Craig Boone. Don't, you don't have to say where you can find him. Okay, sure. We talked about Boone last uh, <laughs> yeah. last week. Did you look into the thing uh, about his wife? Yeah, all I could find... Um, about, I think it's just flavor text in the uh, game. About willingly being sold into slavery. Yeah. I didn't find anything about that, no. I don't know if it's the note itself or something you read of what's-her-names, but it, it, it suddenly gives you the impression that she asked for this to happen to her, uh, which changes how you view the quest. Uh, Lily Bowen, uh, who's a friendly nightkin, former assassin of the Master's Army in Jacobstown. Raul Alfonso Tejeda. Voiced by the iconic Danny Trejo. Trio? Yeah. Trio? Trio. Yeah. yeah. You don't pronounce the J. It's cool like that. Uh, he is a ghoul mechanic, and you can find him in Black Mountain. I, I uh, fucking love how if you give him a knife, he goes, Okay, sure thing, boss. I'll let go of my highly effective and ranged pistol to use jerk. this knife. Uh, <laughs> there's Cass, Rose of Sharon Cassidy, uh, who you find uh, in the Mojave Outpost. And then uh, Veronica Santangelo, a disillusioned Brotherhood scribe that can be found at the 188 trading post. You also have non-humanoid companions in Ed E., who is a prototype uh, iBot, an Enclave iBot, uh, who also uh, factors into the uh, Lonesome Road DLC. DLC. Correct. Uh, and then Rex, the cyber dog in Freeside that is owned by the king. Uh, my dog's brain is sick. You gotta help me out. Uh, so I just got to the, the quest where you can go talk to, um, what's her name? Julie whatever. Julie Farkas? Is that her name? Holy shit that I pulled that name out of nowhere. Uh, and then get the, the dog uh, fixed up and then have it as a companion. Uh, there are also temporary companions in the DLCs, like Dead Money, Honest Hearts, and Old World Blues. Uh, these are great characters, but they come and go pretty quickly, and uh, you don't get to keep them. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the companions, Reed? Who, who, I mean, Boone's always been my favorite. Uh, the only thing is, is he does shoot uh, legionnaires on sight, so you got to be careful when you're walking around with that guy. Yeah, Boone obviously is a standout for lots of reasons. His story is very well done, especially just his overall development, coming to terms with his past, everything that's happened. Um, I love uh, Cassidy. Uh, one of my favorite quest lines, just dealing with multiple factions, betrayal. Um, I love her general personality. Uh, I'm a whiskey drink and don't give a fuck kind of gal. Yeah. Uh, very fun to deal with. Uh, always has good quips and I believe is overall neutral to all factions, which is nice. Uh, definitely my favorite. Veronica, um, lots of reasons. She's that cute nerdy girl from Buffy. Um, oh, Willow? I don't know. I've never seen Buffy. Um <laughs> But she run, she runs like like that geek and sundry channel and everything now like um, uh, she, so she's very quirky bubbly uh, a nice breath of levity to the other characters and companions you may come across yeah uh, dealing with the dark brotherhood and trying to and she has lots of involvement with them and trying to get them to come out so I would say those three are my particular standouts I do like arcade um, I just. I, I don't think the Enclave is particularly cool, and his mostly deals with the on, with remnants of the Enclave. Yeah, uh, Lily very limited um, as far as story wise goes, just because it's a it's oh, a, it's it's not game. the girl from Buffy. It's Felicia Day. Oh, I thought she's yeah. from Buffy. No, you're thinking of a different redhead. Oh, you had your redheads crossed. Oh, anyway, I thought it was weird that it's not, not mentioned in here that yeah, that's who voices. I, I've had very limited experience using Raul, but Raul is really cool. Like I said, both Raul is cool. Yeah, as they say. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of the companions. I think probably 
the best set of companions in a Bethesda game, I would say Fallout 4, actually. There's a lot of shit I talk about Fallout 4, but the companions are, for the most part, pretty good in that game. Sure. Um, but I would say New, New Vegas probably touts the strongest cast. Um, the only one that I would go so far as to say is bad is... <laughs> Man, Who is it? Like, maybe not even any of them. They're all pretty well-developed, pretty good stories. So, yeah, big fan of them all. Right on, right on. Uh, also, something that they never really moved from the Fallout games into the Elder Scrolls games is the idea of companions. So in Skyrim, you can recruit any number of yeah, people. Yeah, you got lots of followers, but yeah. the only one that has an actual... Like, there's a few that have, like, a quick story yeah. about them. Like, a couple throwaway lines. But the only, one, the only ones that actually have, like, quests associated with them at full stories is Saronic, because she's the companion of the Dawnguard DLC. She's the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I... That's what I fucking hate about Elder Scrolls is you don't have these side. That being said, they do let you recruit like way more people. Yeah. Like there's like so 37 like, companions. Yeah, so I was playing on Xbox One X, like I said, and the first thing I did was I walked into Riverwood or whatever. I'm like, Sven, come with me. And he's like, oh, okay. I'll yeah, put some armor like, on him. Yeah, you're, uh, you're, like, you're like, I delivered a letter across the street for you. Now you'll come to the end of... Now I literally fed him to a dragon. Yeah, now you'll yeah, now you'll come attack dragons. To the end of shit. the earth. Yeah. Um... <laughs> So yes, New Vegas, I would say probably one of its strongest points is its companions. But like I said, I think Cassidy, Boone, and Veronica are the standouts. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so there's another uh, thing we talked about when making your character is that you get to choose the, the augments on your story. Uh, or on, sorry, it's what are called traits, which aren't perks. Uh, one of them is Wild Wasteland, uh, which is something I always turn on because why not? Uh, and basically this allows you to have certain pop culture encounters throughout the game. So, things that are a little more tongue-in-cheek. Uh, than other things that already exist in the game. To be honest with you, now that I look through this entire list of Wild Wasteland stuff, I'm like, oh, I've experienced most of this, and none of it is particularly, like, this should just be in the game. The only wacky, uh, the only true wacky thing that you'll probably encounter with Wacky Wasteland is in one particular spot where there normally would be abandoned camp, and just regular bandits. It's aliens. it's aliens instead. Yeah, but there's aliens in Fallout Fall 3 as part of the DLC and story, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's an alien ship, and you come across dead bodies and get an alien zapper. Not a big deal. Otherwise, lots of references to Monty Python. Uh, there's, of course, the first one you encounter is right outside Good Springs, and it's the dead man with the fedora in the fridge, uh, which is, of course, a send-up of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, uh, etc. You can find burnt-out bodies of Owen and Baru uh, in a ruined Nipton house, etc. Uh, one of the more fun ones is actually if you choose... Uh, so when they released the DLC, they actually included Wacky Wasteland stuff for the DLC as well. Uh, so in Dead Money, for example, <laughs> I believe you have multiple NPCs referring to it as Dead Monkey for a lot of it. Uh, and weird stuff like that. You can look this all up online, but uh, I recommend you turn it on. Because honestly, it's just some extra weird stuff. And it's few and far in between when you consider it. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we uh, start to talk about the story again is the casinos. In the game, of course, you have the Atomic Wrangler, which is in Freeside, Vicky and Vance, and the Bison Steve in Prim. Uh, and then, of course, you have the Sierra Madre Casino, which is the focus of the first DLC. On top of that, however, you have Gamora, which is like a big, sexy casino on the Sierra It's, a, it's like a uh, prostitute place. Right, you have the Ultra Lux, which is uh, home to a side quest about cannibalism. Hell yeah! Uh, you have the Lucky 38, which is the abandoned casino that's kept in pristine order, uh, where... Uh, Mr. House resides, yeah. and you have the Tops Casino, which is where we are going now. And that's the cla- <laughs> and the Tops Casino is like the classic casino of the fifties, you could say. Sure, like the the stereotypical. Yeah, it doesn't have a theme. Per yeah, it doesn't se. have a particular theme. Uh, it should be mentioned that when you go into any one of these places, you will be frisked and your weapons will be taken yeah, away. If you high enough, yeah. if you pass enough specific skill checks, so you can usually carry yes. up certain weapons. There's or, also concealable weapons. Yeah, in this or game. in yeah. this case, if you enter the Tops Casino to go confront Benny, and you successfully convince through speech check the main uh, receptionist dude, and explain to him that Manny on his own outside of the party of the other chairman has attacked you and went against Mr. House and all this stuff. And this dude will authorize, like, he'll be like, all right, none of my guys will attack you, but you'll have to take out the bodyguards and Manny by, your, and Manny by yourself. And you can just fucking kill Manny right there if you convince him. <laughs> and you won't get in trouble because you convinced the casino that Manny was a piece of shit. Sorry, not Manny, uh, Benny. Right. Was, Manny's the guy in the fucking T-Rex. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... Uh, you go to the Tops Casino. Uh, obviously, you confront Benny there. He does invite you back to his room to discuss what's going on here. He is, by all accounts, surprised that you are still yeah, alive. Yeah, man, and there's uh, like... There's, there's like, a lot of ways to go. A 50, yeah. So, 
if I may quickly break down all the different ways you can go. Like I said, you can convince the Marine receptionist to avert their eyes while you kill uh, Benny in the main lobby. Yep. You can convince the main receptionist to avert their eyes while you convince Benny to go upstairs with you. He would either show up or not show up, depending if he passed the skill check successfully or not. If he did not come, he'll run away. If he did come, you can kill him in there. Uh, if you don't pass the check, he does still tell you to go into the room, and then you're attacked by robots. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, and Just so to kill your ass. Yes. So, <laughs> like, you basically have three options right away: kill him in the lobby, kill him in a room, or uh, let him escape. Yeah. And there is. On top of that, two options in the fact that do you want to go against the entire casino or just against Benny? Um, you can get more money out of Benny if you have a high enough speech skill. You can pickpocket him, put a grenade in his pocket while he walks around with his bodyguard. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. There's a million different ways you can do it. So this is where the main quest of the game uh, splits. Into four uh, parts. Yeah. So you talk to Benny. He's got the platinum chip. Uh, You need it. After leaving the tops, the player will be approached by representatives of Kaisar's Legion as well as the NCR and given tasks to strengthen their reputation with those factions. And Benny will, in Benny's room while you're mm-hmm. in the tops, if because we don't want to skip Literally all this part, to say, yeah. if you go into Benny's room, you'll find another robot there called Yes Man, who is programmed essentially to take over Mr. House's position of controlling New Vegas. Mm-hmm. So in this sense, you have four different options. Like you said, NCR, Legion, by yourself, which is which is called the wild card, yeah. the wild card, or Mister House. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Now, de- deciding who you want to uh, side with, of course, there are points of no return in these quests, and uh, they gave you lots of warning too. Like, yes. you, you get multiple messages being like, if you help this particular faction anymore, this particular faction is yes. going to be pissed and it's not going to help uh, you. There is a way in the game to delicately balance each faction. So you can keep everybody, even though they won't work with you anymore, they're still going to have a very positive opinion of you faction-wise. What you could say the negative about New Vegas in that you could help out the NCR to fuck up the Legion all the time, but you can still be idolized by the Legion just by, like, capturing slaves or some shit. So it's <laughs> they a love little, that shit. Yeah, it's, a little bit, it's a little bit weird in that sense, you know? So uh, we're going to kind of jump around here, but let's say we decide uh, that we're all in on the New California Republic. And uh, I said last episode I was I was just about to be around Freeside, so got to play a few hours around Freeside and the quest therein. Um, this is basically the it's a huge town on its own, uh, and the whole point of it is to find your way into the strip. So the easiest way in, as we mentioned, is a credit check. It's two thousand caps, which is very easy to obtain in New yeah. Vegas. Uh, or you can work for the king and request entry into the strip. There's a number of ways to do it. Uh, but basically, if you decide to go with the NCR route, you were given a uh, mission called Things That Go Boom. And now you have to interact with a lot of the side factions in the game. Uh, and depending on who you're siding with, they want they want different things to be done with these factions. So with Mr. House, if he sees anything as a threat, in the case of, let's say, the Brotherhood of Steel, he's like, you just got to wipe them out. Yeah. And if you have re- developed a relationship with them, you can say, oh, they side with me. Don't worry about them, and you complete that quest at that point. Yes, but uh, but if you're not side with Brotherhood Steel and you still want to convince them to let them live, you're like, no, no, yeah. that's stupid. Yes. So you would need to go out of your way to uh, get idolized yes. by Brotherhood, go back to Mr. House, and be like, they fucking love me now. How about now? Right. Uh, so again, it depends on what you. So there's a. This is all building up to a showdown. It's the second battle of the Hoover Dam. Uh, and depending on who you side with uh, is depending on how this is all going to go down. And if you decide to go into it independently or with Mr. House, you're basically getting shit done while the two sides fight each other. Uh, most importantly, we need to find out what this platinum chip does, why it's so important, etc. So, things that go boom. You talk to the boomers. Reed, do you have anything to say about the boomers? They're my least favorite faction in the game. What do I think about the boomers? So they're living on a... On like an Air Force base. Uh, yes. I, what, yeah. I, what I... A lot of running around this yeah, mission. I would say this is probably the worst part about the game. Um, they're, the, they're the weakest faction. They're just people that have artillery and shoot anybody that comes near yeah, them. Yeah, and you have to do like five quests to get their help. And it's just very annoying. They're, they're monotonous they're, quests. Yeah, they're not yeah. very interesting. Getting there is a fucking hassle. And I 99% of the time I am just murdering everybody. Because I'm like, I, you, I fucking hate all of you so much. <laughs> For making me come out here. Yeah. Uh, after that, you are given King's Gambit. In which uh, you have to actually get the Freeside Locals... And the NCR citizens to to work together. The issue here being that NCR is muscling in on Freeside, uh, which is a place that they have no jurisdiction. 
Uh, it's mostly run by gangs. So the king himself, who is an Elvis impersonator, I always find it very strange in this game that they decided to do this faction and have no licensed Elvis music in the entire game. I always thought that was weird. Because they never say Elvis. They only ever they say, only say the king. They only say the king. So for all intents and purposes, I like the king as a character. He's very fair. Uh, he is, sure, a criminal, but he uh, seems to be looking out for the little guy. Uh, there's a quest I did yesterday in which NCR has just been beating up citizens uh, and then distributing food, but only to NCR citizens and uh, turning away anyone else. And you learn that the NCR actually sent an envoy uh, to the king's headquarters and uh, they were brutally beaten. And the king has no idea about this. You learn that there's a, a guy in the king's midst that's kind of going into business for himself here. Basically, uh, you have to get the, ki- the king and his people on their side. Uh, not hard to do. For the Republic Part 2... Impressed by the courier's ability to deal with the free side problem, Colonel Cassandra Moore recruits the courier as a private contractor for assistance in other NCR problems around the Mojave. Uh, so you have to, uh, at this point, go see the Great Cons, which we talked about last week. It's very hard to get the Great Cons to like you enough that they don't just shoot you when you walk by, especially after the Boulder City thing. Uh, but yeah, you need to figure them out as well. Uh, some of these also lead you to other side quests you may have missed along the way, uh, such as the Helios 1 uh, side quest. So, uh, you'll know when it happens, Aaron Campbell, Kimball after this, current president of the New California Republic, uh, he's holding a medal ceremony uh, for morale improving speech, the troops of the Hoover Dam. Kimball and the NCR are fully aware of the dangers uh, to hold such a ceremony, but the morale boost, this ceremony will be crucial to the upcoming battle. Uh, again, they are really into democracy and the military almost to, to a fault. Uh, and then, of course, they're not in check. Uh, so I said, a lot of the NCR mission stuff kind of uh, hits differently with the current world events, where you see, like, oh, they just got a stockpile of guns and put on uniforms and now think they're in charge. It's basically what's happened with the NCR. Uh, Ranger Grant is responsible for security at the event and asked the courier to help during the ceremony. Uh, so there is an attempt... So there's an attempt on the president's life here, right? Yeah. Do you remember more of this quest? I remember yeah. everything about it. So it depends on what faction you're in, of course. So if you're Caesar's Legion, you're the one sneaking in trying to do everything. So you have to put on, first of all, a disguise. You have to make sure you're not vilified by the NCR. If you are, they will see through your disguise no matter what. So hopefully you're not vilified. Otherwise, you have to do it the old school way, and that is failing the quest. Because he won't, President won't lound down if you're fucking killing everybody. Yeah. So if you're in Legion, you can do this a few ways. One... You can go to the top of the tower and take out the sniper, and then you snipe the president once he's down. Or two, you can make your way up to the helipad, and while the president lands and makes a speech, you plant a bomb on the plane and leave. Both ways can be done through either just killing people or uh, skill checks. Um, <laughs> Recurring theme in New Vegas. You yeah, can't just kill yeah, people. If you're doing the wild card or Mr. House, it's up to you. If you want him to live or die, it doesn't really matter. Um, I, from what I remember, it's been a long time since I did either of those playthroughs or got to that particular point at least. Um, and then NCR is very simple. It's Caesar's Legion, but the opposite. You have to stop the sniper on the roof who is an, who is a Legion guy. Yeah. And then you have to defuse the bomb on the hell, on the helicopter. Uh, as long as you get those things accomplished, uh, you will save President Kimball or if you're a Legion, you'll kill President, President Kimball and you'll be, and that's a complete success. So, uh, when you signed with, with, with Caesar, and next episode we're going to get into uh, Caesar's Legion and their ideology, because it's a bit more complicated than that. And of, we're finally going to introduce Legate Lanius. Uh, yes. So, we're going to talk more about uh, the Legion and uh, what they're all about, because un- unlike the NCR, there is a little bit of nuance to them. They're still fucking awful assholes, but yeah. uh, Caesar is also much less interested in... Um, uh, more of the factions. The thing he is after does not re- it mean he needs people on his side. He's trying to take over a fucking dam, and then we will. Hey, the Boomers will just become another tribe of Kaiser's Legion, yeah. right? Uh, he does ask you to go see the Boomers. He also points you to the Ultralux because he wants to know what's going on there. He also has information about the Securitron Vault, which of course is tied to the Platinum Chip. Uh, and we will talk about that next week, and also what Mister House demands of you in order to side with him, and what it ultimately means. If you do the independent ending and of this the game. sarcastic happy answers the yes man gives you if you fuck up. Uh, yeah. Great! We didn't need all those robots to help us anyway. I'm sure you could do it by yourself. He's yes man. He's, he's on your side <laughs> no matter what. Uh, yeah, so the thing about this game though is that when you get to this point in the game and it kind of flushes itself out with all the factions, at that point it is up to you to 
continue to explore, there's a whole north part of this map that the game really doesn't point you to. Yeah. Uh, full of side quests and fun stuff to do, as well as the DLC, which I always recommend people start doing in amongst uh, this running around. Because basically, you, if you decide to follow the, uh, the house storyline, you are meeting all these factions. You are either destroying them or, or bringing them under the fold. Uh, and ultimately, you are doing all this work, and you can decide at the end that you aren't going to help any one of these three factions. You are just going to either destroy the robots and be a complete agent of yeah. Joker energy, as I, I like to call I, it. I love how if you destroy all the Securitrons, but still side by yourself or with Mr. House, and you get to the final part of the game with uh, the Colonel shows up, or the General, yeah, and you're like... Look at my Securitron force behind you. It's only like two of them. Yeah. Because, you, because you fucking blew up all of them. Hey, you try to get into the Vegas Strip. Those yeah. two Securitrons will fuck you right up. Yeah. Uh, and then Mist- and then Yes Man's like, great. Controlling New Vegas with just two Securitrons will yeah. be easy. Uh, so the, the, what I'm trying to say at this point is the game uh, has a lot of content here, but really is only the first time you play through expecting you to follow one or the other and then have replay value, which sucks in a Fallout game. And it comes back to what happened in Fallout 3 where there was a definitive ending. When you f- finish the main story, your save file is done. Like, there's nothing left to do. And they eventually changed that with the DLC. The third DLC, mind you, Broken Steel. Uh, but yeah, this game kind of comes to a comes to a head here where, okay, there's nothing really left to do but complete the game. So, uh, we get some like, noise coming out of your ass there. What, PS Vita? Yeah, all right. Cool. Anyway, uh, as always, uh, go check out Sultans of Slam from last Friday. It'll be uh, a new episode this Friday as well, talking about AEW Dynamite that's airing tonight, as well as UFC 250, and of course Total Bellas, as promised. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to interact with the show, you can comment or leave a, uh, you know, a question, topic, whatever you want to do, uh, anywhere you see it posted. Otherwise, at titsiceberg on Twitter, leah gets you to my email address for myself, Lee, and for Reed. Thanks for signing up, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>